0: Welcome to Diner Talks with James. Slide into the booth and let's have conversations we never want to end. With friends we never want to leave, over food we probably shouldn't be eating. Friends, welcome to Diner Talks with James i'm james we're jumping in to the top three top three today's recommendations came from a number of different cool places and i am excited to get into the top three top three my trusty post-it notes are out here let's jump into the very first one very first one is three songs i could listen to forever first off this was really hard the three songs that i could listen to forever there were some some honorable mentions. First off, Jay-Z City is mine. Uh, this is a song, his first song off of his, uh, his album, Volume 1, and it was a song that kind of, I credit this one with getting me into hip-hop, and I can still listen to it all day, every day. Also, I'm currently on a Bob Seger kick, so Bob Seger night moves all day with that song. Uh, <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Those are the... Uh, Those are the first ones that I would say that they're they're honorable mentions. I have so many more that I could list. Well, let's jump into the top three ones that I could think about right now. Now, if you ask me this question next week, you may get a brand new set of three. Who knows? I don't claim to be consistent, but I do claim to be adorable. So, first off, by Mumford & Sons. Now, here's the thing. As soon as you turned on this broadcast, you were like, this guy likes Mumford & Sons. Some of you are like, this guy may be in Mumford & Sons, right? Like, you would not be blown away if my first name was Mumford. Alas, here we are. So uh, Mumford & Sons is one of my favorite bands of all times and uh, all times. That's how that's been. And <laughs> one of my favorite songs by them name is called Awake My Soul. Has one of my favorite quotes of all time. Mumford & Sons say, in these bodies we will live, in these bodies we will die, but where you invest your love, you invest your life. And these bodies we will live in, these bodies we will die, but where you invest your love, you invest your life. I love that song. I love Mumford & Sons. They're storytellers, uh, and I'm here for them. Next, next, I had to put some hip-hop in here. So now, I don't love this man's entire collection, but Freeways, what we do is one of my favorite songs of all time and it is just a bop i'm telling you it's a banger it crushes in the club everybody out here uh i just i, I don't know i could dance all night to that song i'm here for it uh, Flipside flip side was also a close second for freeway but my number one song that i decided to pick here was late in the evening by paul simon now my family i was raised right y'all I was raised right, and uh, I was raised with an eclectic music taste. Growing up, I had music from across the board being played in my household. On Thursdays, when we had Spaghetti Thursdays, my dad, you only have spaghetti on Thursdays in the Robolata household watch your mouth. Okay. On spaghetti Thursdays, when we all had a one meatball, dad would always put on Pavarotti. So we'd be listening to some Nessun Dorma. And then on other nights, we'd be listening to uh, the blues. On some nights, my mom was blasting Annie Lennox. On some nights, uh, we were listening to to, to all these different artists. My mom is a huge Van Morrison fan. Van Morrison is actually uh, what Tina and I's wedding song is by Van Morrison. And so we love those. But Paul Simon, Paul Simon is the artist that is consistent with every single one of me and my brothers and my parents. A few years ago, maybe more than a few now we got to go see Paul Simon and Bob Dylan in concert. And it was incredible to be there with my family. Cause whenever I hear Paul Simon, it remains, it reminds me of my family and uh, late in the evening is, what i believe one of his best songs uh the drums are crazy on that uh my brother played it in his his college band and so there's also some really beautiful memories around that because i just know how how happy he was then and uh and so it's just really cool so anyway that's my steal what are some of your favorite songs of all time what else you got out here alex dudek beloved by Mumford & Sons is one of the best songs also. I would put that on here, but then I would start crying because I'd start to think about my parents not being with us anymore, and that's just a little scary right now. What are some of your favorite songs? What are some ones that you just cannot turn off if it comes on, it's go time? First top three, top three. Next, I was asked, what are my top three favorite cheeses? Y'all, music is one of the things that I'm most passionate about. Cheeses are also something that I'm incredibly passionate about. You just you just don't get this sexy not eating cheese, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Come on, here. We moved to the Midwest so I could be closer to cheese. My wife thinks it's for her family. I lied to her. I'm just I'm just kidding. It is because of her family. But cheese is a great second thing because there's cheese curds at every single restaurant. Top three favorite cheeses of all time. First off, Gruyere. Gruyere is just a sexy cheese. It fits so good in so many different things. I'm here for that. Uh, next is Manchego. Okay. Buenos dias. It's a Spanish cheese and it's lovely. It's a sheep's milk cheese. I love harder cheeses. Uh, And and next, there are very few things that rhyme with my name. There are very few things that rhyme with my name, Robolada. All right. And so whatever something rhymes with my name, I immediately love it a little bit more. And so that is why Burrata is one of my favorite cheeses of all times. It's also just sexy. It's creamy. It's bulbous. It's like me, y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's big, white, and creamy. So we out here. I think that was awkward. I think I regret saying that. Anyway, this is live. So (laughs) uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Friends, these are the top three, top three. We got an exciting show for you today. We got an exciting show for you today. Uh, My man coming to the stage. His name is Dan Fail. That's Fail with two L's, because he goes twice as hard as most people I know. And I like that about him. I like that about him. Here's a fun story about Dan Fail that I'm gonna tell before he was on camera is that Dan Fail was my orientation leader in college. That's right, y'all. My OL back in college was great. He doesn't remember me from those days. That's fine. He was really popular, and that's cool. I was not. I was homesick and, and sad and uh, missed my mommy and missed my normal. We could talk about that later, though, if you'd like. Uh, but uh, but still, I remember him vividly. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm excited to bring him on. Dan Fail is an outrageous speaker. He's an incredible uh, man, is an outstanding father. Uh, I wish you could see the way that his children looked at him. It's really beautiful beautiful let's start clapping it out right now slow clap at home I don't care if your dog's sleeping next to you for my man Dan fail let's go what up brother
1: what's up man how we doing
0: I'm good Dan fail in the house jump jump for joy what's up dude Dan oh, no. Fale, you, and, you and I you and I uh we met we met a long time ago we met back in what would be 2000 to date myself that was mm-hmm. my first year of college now you were a junior at that time or a senior yep yep you were a junior. junior. What do junior. you remember about me, Dan, as your orientation, as since you were my orientation leader,
1: Dan? I want to, let's, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we should clear the air on this one because you don't had know. me for years, for years <laughs> believing that I was your orientation leader. Now, now, sets, let's set the record straight. I was an orientation leader. I wasn't your specific orientation leader.
0: Dan, let's talk about the language we use about ourselves, okay? What, what if you were the orientation leader, not just an orientation leader, okay? snapped. Snap. No, here's the
1: thing is that it's a team effort, James. We know this, right? Um, if I had to say that there would be something that I would not have recognized about you is that you didn't have a beard.
0: I didn't have a beard
1: you were like baby faced and everything and all of awkward Jersey. So yes, Scott, thank you. (laughs) The truth is coming out. So we're literally at a conference for, for probably what, three years, three, four years. You let me like, as we become continued friends, we, uh, you let me believe that I was your orientation leader, not remembering this at all. um, And then making me feel a little bit bad because every time, Every conference, every session, every inter- interaction with people—you'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is my orientation leader, but he doesn't remember me." You know, for someone who talks about authenticity, James, <clears throat> um, uh, let's, uh, we, we can unpack that one a little bit later.
0: Listen, Dan. You know, sometimes in life, when we get caught up in logistics, we miss the beauty of it. You know what I mean? And so, I think I think that's really where we're at here, and I think that's the big takeaway. You know, my Type A friends, my Type A friends like to always tell me. Like, you know, get this done, you know, you know, you got to get it done, get it done. You know, they're all very detail oriented, And I tell them, listen, stop and smell the roses. But then my type A friends always come back and me and say, James, there wouldn't be any roses if I didn't tell you to plant them.
1: And I so, would have said that there would be no roses if you didn't fertilize them, which means all of us need to do a little bit of crapping on each other.
0: ain't that the truth right there there (laughs) Phil? so yes anyway so i think we've cleared the air that you were in fact were my one and only uh orientation leader and uh, i'm really sweating from
1: you telling this story
0: You know, it's interesting because I thought you were really cool back in the day, uh, and I still think you're cool for the record. Let me make sure that's – let me not – I'm not going to – this isn't a roast yet. Um, but uh, but I thought you were really cool back in the day, but it's interesting because I didn't have the courage to go up and talk to you. Despite being an extroverted, outgoing individual, someone who is delightfully charismatic <laughs> – uh, As a first-year student, as a first-year student, 12 hours away from home in a state where I didn't know anybody else, and I was the only one that talked funny down in North Carolina, uh, I was excited to meet other individuals because I didn't have community down there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So, getting to meet someone like you who was just like, I don't know, I mean, you were like the cool dude, right? You were like the guy who's running the show. You had the orientation leader with the swagger, you know what I'm saying? You came through dripping. And so, uh, but I didn't have the courage to talk to you, let alone be like, could we, could we maybe be friends? <laughs> But it's so interesting the way that we get in our own way sometimes where it's like oh, I'm not cool enough to talk to him, he's got all these other things going on, I would be wasting his time i would be and we start to like we, we start to put all these perceived judgments about ourselves onto other people um and be like they would never want to talk to me, they would probably look at me this way or whatnot. It's crazy the way we do that um, and especially as men now, as men we do that a lot right
1: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. And I I think what's weird is that because and we've compared notes on this, right? So the first time that I came back up to you at one of the conferences that we were at and I was like, hey, you know, like we went we went to UNCW at the same time. And that's when you first put me on blast of like, yeah, I know you were my retention leader. Um, But I remember putting some pieces of the puzzle together. And when we were talking about that, because I think that our friendship became a lot closer once I, I really started to kind of open up to you later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just fascinating. And I think it's a little sad, even the what decade or more that we missed out on being even closer friends by making up the own stories that we have in our, and this is my cat getting up on the way, uh, making up the stories that we've got <laughs> like in our heads, right. Of just like, well, we can't do that. Or I can't talk to somebody. And it, it takes a lot of effort, but it really shouldn't, um, yeah. just to, just to be there and open up a little bit more about it
0: yeah amen into that funny. who's your, show us the cat dan fail who's the who you is know, here's
1: the thing is that she likes to be cat handled a little bit say hi to the, everybody see buttercup yeah now you don't want to be on camera there we go <laughs> there it is always oh, wants the attention.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah brother it's so interesting the way that we uh the way that we do that um and, and i'm so grateful that I mean that, that campus speak brought us together. Um, and we were able to have that conversation where you approached me and, and uh, I was like, yeah, you were my orientation leader. I do remember you. Um, but I'm so grateful that you came up to me because we, we became friends when we were supposed to become friends and that's cheesy. And that I'm not like a whole, like everything happens for a reason, just wait. Um, no, <laughs> uh, you need to play offense in life. <clears throat> um, and so, uh, but it is cool that we came together during what was probably a, a really tough time for both of us. Uh, we were both going through some some interesting life changes. We were both um, uh, leaving relationships and then trying to figure out what what next steps could be and whatnot. Um, and I just I mean, I just want to formally thank you that you trusted me in those moments. What was it? Not about me, but what was it about like the individuals that you talked to during some of those tough times? How did you decide who to open up to and who not to like You know, there's so many people that are listening right now that are that are maybe going through something. And how do you determine like how do you trust? Right. Because vulnerability is something that you and I preach and talk about. But you just can't be like at a restaurant and be like. Can I tell you a story? Um, right, like
1: I mean, oftentimes the yeah. waiter is just kind of like, "I'm just here for your order." Like that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I, that's a great question. I, I think for me in that moment of questioning, kind of where I was in life, um, you know. And quick shout out to being the the three of three divorcees uh, on the <laughs> on your show. Uh, i noticing a theme. Um, I think at that point in time, I, I didn't have a lot of what I would consider like I have friends, I have a lot of friends, but I didn't necessarily have like close friends or people who that I could call with just be like, Hey, I just want to process today, yesterday, the week life, because it's a Tuesday, right? Like, whatever, I didn't have uh, much of that. And I knew that our conversations just, you know, here and there were always within the first five minutes, as anyone who's met you and talked to you, they get deep real quick. But you also. Um, and so what I enjoyed and needed at that point was someone who wasn't going to just be like a friend, be like, oh, I, that sucks. What are you going through? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, this also happened to me. Right. Like uh, I needed someone who was just going to listen and be there and help process. But really ask me the really the, just the questions and the hard questions that you need to be asked, but you don't want Asked. And so uh, I knew that you would be that. I knew that uh, there's an aura of like confidentiality that you have. Um, that's like, this is until a guy the, I can I trust.
0: Yeah, until the yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. um So yeah, I think that's just part of it, man, is that uh, reaching out, I think that that outreach uh, allowed me to then outreach even more, right? So I had another group of friends that we were gonna do some vacations with at the time mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about it. And then I realized that, like, oh, like this is, it's freeing, it's opening when you were able to talk to other people, um, especially if you're just, you know, if you're shooting the proverbial poop, right? If you're just out, just kind of hanging out and talking, or if you're like, oh my God, I enjoy these people's company. And I'd like to just get to know them on a deeper level, because I think it just happens a lot, especially later in life. Uh, we just kind of go through autopilot and it's like, well, I don't need to make friends. I've got friends, but I don't know how many we have that we would call like deep, deep friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. I think there's a lot of people that I know a lot about, but there's not a lot of people that know a lot about me. And a lot of that for me, is it's a defense mechanism. Right. It's, it's for very sure. much like, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's very much like, listen, no, I'm here for you. Let's talk about you. Let's go. What, what's going on in your world? Like, let me, mm-hmm. let me be there for you. Uh, but, but my things aren't a big deal. <clears throat> right. Yeah. One of my biggest fears in life is being a burden to other people. Um, but yet I love when other people burden ie just talk to me like I love that like please let me I want to help lighten people's load like let me help carry some stuff let me help you know repack some things so it's easier to manage let me whatever it is let me let me keep beating that metaphor um <laughs> so uh but still uh but still that's something that where that I find difficult mm-hmm. and even in those moments where you were opening up to me I I didn't open up to you as quickly. Like I was like, cool. Dan's calling me and like, let me help Dan out. And like, meanwhile, my life was also going awry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, at the same time, it was because of your vulnerability that I was able to eventually get there. And also because of your stubbornness where you're like, Hey, Guess who just talked about himself for forty-five minutes? How are you doing, James? And like not letting. I'm you glad heard. that we
1: can still have those conversations.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I
1: and mean, I think some of it, right? Like everyone knows someone who's going through something, and you knew that I was going through something, and you weren't in a place to share at that point. That which was, you know, it's fine. We're all on our own journeys and everything together. And I think, you know, what was also somewhat almost like lifting a burden from my shoulders of conversations was, okay, so. You're going through something. I'm going through something, but I'm not going to talk too much about it. And then you reached out to me and said, hey, I've got a friend of mine who's going through some similar stuff. Are you okay if I put the two of you together? And I was like, sure, cool. And then, I mean, that individual and I probably talked for a while, um, a couple different times, and it was uh, freeing to know that I wasn't the only one. And it's crazy how many days and months go by that we think that we're the only one going through some stuff, and we're all trying to unpack different parts. And it's just... I don't know. I think that's why I like doing this and just going around talking to people. And, yeah. you know, I love that that you and I do similar, you know, keynotes and conversations with just trying to get people to open up because it's it's hard. But, man, once you do once you find that cohort in that group, it's nice because I've also opened up to some people and they've used that as almost like ammunition for later. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or it's kind of like, hey, I confided in you for something. And it's even happened as recently as like this past December. I confided in somebody and uh, let them in a little bit. And then uh, within 24 hours, I had a a friend of a friend, a friend of that friend come forward and was like, hey, uh, I already know this about you, but they're talking about it. And I was like, "Okay, great. So I'm going to file that one away of uh,
0: not trustworthy, feeling
1: feeling, uh, (laughs) violated for trust. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sucks, dude. That sucks for sure. The extra layer that we could talk about also is, is just being men. In this space and being men, we are, it is societally acceptable for us to be internal processors, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost uh, expected that men are internal processors. If you look at men like a sound wave, uh, men's emotions must stay between two levels right? They're not allowed to get any higher or lower than a certain thing. You got to keep it within that bandwidth. If you get too crazy or too depressed or too this or too that people are like, Whoa, Whoa, hang on a second. Listen, take your man card away from you. there. loose, getting a little loose Lou. Um, yeah. and, uh, so we're taught, we're taught to stay within this certain bandwidth and within that bandwidth, it often means that we don't talk enough to others. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, when did you start recognizing in you that like, Oh shoot, maybe I, maybe I should stop trying to carry this myself.
1: Um, I would, uh, I would say, a, like lead about six months leading up to my divorce and what? then after it. So it's been, Oh my gosh, my ex would probably correct me on this one five years ish since we've been divorced. Um, but I think overall, what, what my in terms of my journey for seeing that for feeling that, I knew that I was bottling a lot in. Right, so I'm I'm reading a book right now. Um, it's from an up and coming author, Brene Brown. Uh, maybe some people. Have oh
0: yeah, sure. Heard yeah. her? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah um, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I saw, so,
0: the, I saw her in a newspaper clipping.
1: Yes, I think so. I think she's written a blog or two. Um, So I was reading actually today. And, you know, in terms of our abilities to have emotions, it's either you are angry or you completely shut down. And those are the two areas that we get to go to. And I got to a place where I was bottling so much in where rather than having an actual conversation or actually talking about the issues at hand, I would either get really angry Or I would just be like, you know what, I don't, it's not worth it. It's not worth my time to have the argument. And then I would just leave. Mm -hmm. Um, But the anger started to build more and I found myself like just wound really tight. Um, And so I found myself at some points getting angry at the kids for like not being able to find their shoes and what three-year-old can find their shoe, right? And it was just kind of like, find your shoes. I can't find my shoes. Like, why can't you find your shoes? You know, and just... It's just going into those moments. I was like, this is not the dad I want to be. I'm not the person that I that I think I should be, right? And so I think realizing a lot of that as the, as the journey uh, has really helped me open up even more. Of kind of like, no, this is what I'm going through. And I want to be a good father to my kids. And I want to be a good role model. Um, and I was in a relationship that, you know, was good. Um, you know, and I think if anything, my... My ex, Brooke, and I have an incredible post-divorce relationship where we co-parent like rock stars. Um, And I absolutely adore her, uh, you know, for what we're able to do. And I think part of that is just a journey as human beings, right? I think we're both married kind of young. And as you grow and learn about yourself, you're able to open yourself up in different ways. And as guys, we're, like you mentioned, we're taught to not open up or we're seen as less than, or we're seen as weak. If we open up and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. And it's like, Oh bro, you got emotions. Like, that's not cool. And <laughs> hold, up, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 Whoa. Like, and it's like, I just, I, I refuse to live by that anymore. Um, and if I lose some friends over just my vulnerability and honesty, then there weren't really friends. And so uh, I think that's just, just part of life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, uh, first off, I love I love what you said. I love how you uh, your self-awareness in the moment to recognize that, like, OK, I'm my fuse is a little too short around my kids that I should have a little bit of patience with. Um, it's funny because I feel that right now during quarantine where um, during quarantine, I felt a little bit more sensitive. Um, and I think it's a little bit because I mean, and not a little bit. I think it's a lot of it because we're not in control anymore. Yeah. And, and control <laughs> is is such a powerful thing. And, and so for me, I've noticed that. And actually, I, I, I pulled Tina aside and I was like, I know you've probably already noticed this and just haven't said anything to me because uh, you're being patient. And thank you for being a good person. <laughs> but I wanted to let you know that I know <laughs> that I am being a little I've been a little bit more sensitive lately. So that joke or that shot at me that I would normally laugh okay. about or normally I would be like, oh, OK, you're going to take a shot at me. We'll get ready. I'll beat Sam. On this court, we go volley. Yeah. Um, a old school, unnecessary tennis reference, but uh, but still, <laughs> but yeah. you know, like I, I love the give and take, I love the banter. Um, uh, but instead, it's like, oh, I don't know why that hit me, and it wasn't mm-hmm. any different than anything that you would normally say to me. But my fuse was just a little bit shorter, uh, my yeah. patience fuse. That is, I'm not a, I'm not someone who like snaps off and and pops off on individuals. I, I'm very fluent in passive aggression though, and uh, a lesson That's that great. was passed to me uh, by my father uh and uh and that that's okay uh that's okay we all we all learn to speak from somewhere um and uh but but it's also something that i've also just worked on i think i've I've always leaned on passive aggression
1: well and it's fascinating about kind of like where we have been right i live in los angeles and so we've been in some form of stay-at-home orders for about almost eight weeks now um and so it's been a lot and so on my end, I found myself probably for the first five and a half, six weeks um, of just in this, like, rut of kind of like, I lost all my income for March, April, foreseeable future. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to function. And I went in this really weird funk. Uh, and really, within the last couple of weeks, I've started to kind of pull myself out. But I've let myself be there Um both intentionally, I think in some cases and not because it's okay to feel like I've lost some stuff. And then even today, uh, you know, I mentioned to to you right before I got on that, like, I'm nervous, like I'm a little anxious, I'm a little nervous. And I realized I've not hit a stage in six weeks, eight weeks now. And so I'm like, I miss a lot of that, that adrenaline rush of like being able to impact and being able to talk to people and, uh, and to do a lot of just the things that I think we, we took for granted. And so there's some fascinating articles about what COVID-19 has done with, you know, the, what you're feeling is okay. And that's called grief and mourning the loss of what morning. was and what it, yeah, what it can be. And I kind of don't want it to go back to, you know, like pre COVID status. I don't, it, hear me out on this one. Um, and so like, <laughs> I like when things when things go back to normal, I don't know that I want it back to normal because for me, um, an analogy I'll use that, or, was told to me once, is that I've been on the merry-go-round for quite some time. Uh, and, and, and this kind of lockdown has really helped open my eyes even a little bit more of like, okay, well, I've got some good potential. I've got some ideas. And maybe I don't wanna be just a, this type of a speaker. Maybe I don't wanna do just this forever. Maybe I want to try something, right? And you and I had a conversation of like, well, you can just try it and be like, well, it worked in COVID or it didn't work in quarantine, right, like it's, it's okay.
0: In quarantine. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: You know, and I grew up with the last name fail. I mean, if I don't talk about failure at some point, like, it, you know, I mean, it's if I don't try it, I would regret it. And it took me the better part of uh, eight years, eight or nine years before I finally was like, hey, I think I want to be a speaker full time. Yeah, uh, I had been doing it and it's just like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't want to try it. And finally, I just said, you know what? Screw it. Failure is about trying. And if you, you can't really Preach what you don't practice, and so I just wanted to try, and I've loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can preach what you don't practice. I do it a lot, but uh, you should. Accurate,
1: accurate. (laughs) That's true.
0: Um, (laughs) Dan, you made some really cool points in there, and and uh, I love that you're starting to see this as an opportunity to to potentially reinvent or repurpose or just take a step back and be like what do I want I want to come back to that point in just one second I also want to highlight something else that you said where uh, it's a little bit of like this is a weird time because there is an innate provider in us right and there and that's something that we don't often like to admit as men who identify as feminist I'll say it uh, <laughs> I'll use the f word on'll drop that um, see you okay. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, but there's still some, some things inside of us where like, I still have this innate provider. And so that control of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on. Um, I love that you have rounded that corner. I want to talk more about that, but really quick, we're going to jump into a segment, Dan fail that I call five things. You didn't know you needed to know about me, but are glad you did. It's a long title, but I think it's worth it. Dan fail. We, you and I are going to go back and forth on five random things about us that people didn't know they needed to know about us, but now they're going to be glad that they did. Do you oh, have a list prepared Dan Fell?
1: I have, I have, I've scribbled some thoughts <laughs> and I hope that they are okay.
0: That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Dan fail. So Great. I'll go first. I'll go first. I have never seen the movie Titanic proudly.
1: Just never Come let go, me. man. Come on, like I—I I mean, at some point, right? Like that. Okay, I mean, which is fair. Um, I thank you for sharing. I will attempt to continue to keep my judgment to myself. Um,
0: I saw the scenes the, I needed to see on the internet. This is fair.
1: Um, <laughs> on the I've never seen uh, front, I've never seen Hamilton. Never seen. So Hamilton. I've listened. I've listened to the soundtrack with you and Tina in the car once, but that is the extent of what I had. I had tickets uh, to the L.A. Pantages, and then they shut down. Four days before my tickets, uh, or when I was supposed to see the show,
0: okay, and that's depressing, brother, because that would have been such a cool opportunity. God, yeah, come on. I, love, I love that the tail just like <laughs> whops by.
1: <laughs> like, anyone like, who's on Zoom calls, just know that it's just that she just wants you know her. Coming to through. See.
0: All yeah. right, I love it. Never seen Hamilton. Okay, next one for me.
1: All right, so on a similar front, well, we'll I'll, I'll, I like this, this is easier. Um. Let's see, I am a two-time national award-winning actor, uh, and this was in high school, um, and I won best individual mime performance, and I also won best group mime, and then the next year we went back and competed and also won, again, best group pantomime, and then decided I want something else, and so all my trophies are now in uh, I think a Redlands church in Moxville, North Carolina. And this is where those trophies are.
0: Hold up. <laughs> you, first off, if there's anybody who are any, anybody else has ever done mime, okay. I need you to smash that heart button, smash that wow face right now. I don't know if you've ever done miming before, but I need to know if you've done it before. Put it in the comments because Dan fail. I did not know this about you that you or exceptional, like now. Were you like, like full on, like with the classic oh, white the face, full face, black? full
1: the face paint, everything? Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's miming, so we don't talk about it.
0: Courtney McKenna, I agree, I agree exactly. Right, Kristen Cardis is out here. I, this is a valid question, actually. I normally, do questions at the end, but I think the people need to know. I don't really, you know, everything comes with trophies because millennials um but uh as i say one as being one myself um but what what is group mime dan fail
1: okay so i mean like and i mean it's just what it sounds like it's a giant group of people miming right like i mean it's still theater so like you still rehearse it you still do everything um and so we you just mime an entire production i mean it was like seven minutes right so Mm -hmm. all of the, the things yes Dan Lavender, I said mime in Miami. <laughs> it's a it's a terrible thing to waste.
0: Now, okay, so immediately when I go to mime, I immediately like poor Dan fail get out of the box. Um, what outside of the box? What other things were you miming? Like did, like did you do like the the pull the rope? Did you like? would you remember what was one of your significant like or significant memories in mime?
1: Um, uh, the individual performance that I did, uh, I put on a lot of armor. Um, uh-huh. and so a lot of it was like a little guy. I was well, pretending to be a little guy, but I'm a six foot two guy, but like a little guy. And so putting on like heavy armor. So, you know, like you just put on the, the stuff and like have to slump the shoulders. And yeah. the, the one that really landed well was the, like, when they put the helmet on and you look around and you're like, why is everything so dark? And then you lift the visor. I'm not going to actually do, it. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not going to do it. I'm I super so
0: right now. <laughs> Y'all, I thought we had it. I thought we had him for a second. I really wanted that. I really wanted that.
1: It's not going to happen.
0: One of Uh, my favorite memories... One of my favorite memories that that nobody that nobody else would potentially find funny, so why share it publicly? But here we go. Uh, I once spoke at uh, Rutgers University. Shout out to Jersey um, there it is. sometimes. But I was at Rutgers, and we were there. It was a professional development con- conference, and there were like 30 professionals sitting in this small conference room uh, with the podium and a mic in front. And all of a sudden, busting through the doors is the mascot to Rutgers. And just like walks in, just like, you know, like classic mascot. He walks up, walks right, like doesn't say hi to anybody, doesn't touch anybody, just beelines it right to the front, walks right to the podium, gets onto the microphone and goes, (laughs) and then he's like, and he started tapping on it. And I was dying laughing. Yeah, I'm here for this mime. Yeah, that's good. Well,
1: I I mean- and so I'll, I can I, I'm gonna segue that into another fun fact. okay here we go uh, is that for three years I was also my high school mascot oh,
0: so fun.
1: that was also yep. I think both played very well together.
0: I would think so yeah one would think would be one would be a prerequisite for the other. Um, <laughs> what what was the mascot?
1: We were the Davy County War Eagles not just an eagle, but the War Eagles sure. uh, for a high school that was the only high school for the whole county.
0: You know, yeah, you know, you lived in a prominent metropolis when you say the the blank county high school. High school, yep. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, This is a really great fact right here. Um, Dan Lavender is watching it with his uh, his lovely wife Laura Lavender, and the fact that you are a speaker who has a background in acting without speaking is incredible.
1: Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And you were not the only aviary avian, avian mascot. Avian. There it is. Avian. There it is for sure. Shout out to the ornithologists tuning in. If you're an ornithologist, good for you. <laughs> good um, job. <laughs> uh, another fun fact about me. I eat my fries first before the burger, I eat all the fries on the plate. I will not touch it. If, if it's, if it, there's mashed potatoes and steak, I eat all the potatoes. I can't stand cold potatoes i think potato salad is one of the worst inventions in human history
1: fascinating i will say um my stepmom she makes some of the best german potato salad but it's warm whereas like my dad and i went to um munich a couple years back and their potato salad is cold which was very different because I, w- I was born and raised on this like german potato salad it's warm it's got bacon like all of all things heaven in it you were like and then you are I was, wasn't <laughs> lying. It's still delicious. My kids asked for that version as opposed to the, the cold version. So, mm-hmm. you know, you go you with know what works. I love no. it. Uh, all right. So another one about me. Um, I mean, so all right, Seahawk to Seahawk in terms of uh, undergrad. Um, uh-huh. I would say, uh, so I was, uh, Dawson's Creek was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on several episodes of Dawson's Creek. Uh, I had no I was a extra for several episodes and then I was a featured extra for one uh, one season. Uh, I was on the the football team. And for those that know me know that that's a riot because mm-hmm. I play sports like I, I don't play. I don't actually play <laughs> sports at all. Um, I don't even watch sports really. And so I was on the football team in the homecoming court. And that was a lot of fun. I had one one line, one word, and we were all in the football huddle and it was great. That was it.
0: Wow. You still got it too, Dan. That was really
1: convincing. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's, I, I'm really more convincing. of a method actor, so I need to be like in that moment, but you know, we, we're yeah, just going with sure. it.
0: Yeah. The high school in Dawson's Creek was Alderman Hall on UNC Wilmington's campus, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. which is which is lovely. Shout out to Pacey. I remember when I took a tour of UNCW, um, when I took a tour of UNCW, my tour guide gave me gave us a Dawson's Creek tour. And then it was like, a, oh, by the way, that's the math building. Oh, by the way, that's science. But here's where I saw Pacey. <laughs> he was wearing a blue kingdom shirt. And yep. um, yeah, it was. Yeah, they were all
1: over campus. I remember there were some days where it was like, you're going to go to class? No, nah, I think I'm just going to go be an extra for the day. And I I was, I still did well academically. So I, I'll put that out there. But it's go to class for those that are in school. Dang,
0: I'm glad you did well academically. That makes one of us. <laughs> Here's the last fact that I'll share. You shared four. I'll share four um, is uh, the last one is that I am an Italian. I'm an Italian who hates cheesecake, cannolis, eclairs, and olives.
1: Fascinating. I did not know I can't that. Stand
0: I cannot stand them. Any of them. Huh. I'm an Ital- and a, a disapp- I've, I've disappointed my family for years um, in other ways as well. But that's, that's one that's of the biggest false. ways. That's They're right. probably
1: most proud that you did the Burrata Robolata, and you still post about that. That's a that's a piece. That's a yeah, piece. That's that's your right. pasta skills are on point. I've seen you. I've seen your Instagram stories.
0: Forget about it. <laughs>
1: um, okay, okay so uh, let's see. I think one of the other fun fun facts about me is that I love drawing. Um, I know that you and I had kind of chatted about it a little bit. And so uh, I do enjoy to, you know, drawing right now I'm doing a lot of stuff for my kids because they are commissioning me to do little things here and there. Um, so, yeah.
0: Dan fail. I'm going to cut you off right there because you don't just draw, right? Like I have some, I found my, my mom recently dug up my childhood artwork and I probably should have some here to show you. Uh, maybe we'll do that in another episode, uh, but it's mainly whales. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of specifically baleen whales, otherwise known as cetaceans, but uh but Are a marine here, biology you know, major. But you don't just draw Dan Fail. Um, uh, I want to show everybody a little bit about what you do when he talks about hey, you know what? You know, I do a little dabbling, you know, I've been known to put a colored pencil to a piece of paper over here. This is something that he did recently for his children. Um, and for your son specifically, right? What was the story behind yeah. this piece?
1: So he um they saw some of the stuff that I was doing for the Association for Turning Story Advisors silent auction. And so they were like, Hey, when you're done with that, can you draw me something? And my son is really into Lego Ninjago. And so he uh, wrote specifically like commissioned me and wrote me a letter that was like, I would like, you know, the Lego Ninjago figures with bad guys with them and the bad guy in the background. Like he, he state he set the whole scene for me. Yeah. All I did was like fill in the blanks.
0: And you could totally see that here. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. And that's not even the finished piece. I did like, I ended up feeling it was a little empty and wanted to do a little bit more with it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> We're all a little bit unfinished, Dan.
1: Aren't we though? Isn't that a Natasha Bedingfield song? Oh, that's unwritten, uh, my bad.
0: That's unwritten, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Throwback back to the 90s Dawson. a great track, though.
0: <laughs> You've got you. to meet Stan Lee a number of times as well, right?
1: Yeah, I used to. Well, I mean, I kind of worked for him for a, a little bit here in LA. So yeah. that was, you know, it was a little, it was a little fun. I think that helped my nerdness yeah. a lot. So I've got some books and stuff that I've drawn the covers of, and then I've had him and some other artists and writers sign. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty proud of my my little collection that I got.
0: That's awesome, man. That's all. I want to continue on this writing train, actually, as we dive back into our deeper conversation, because you have a talent right? And and everybody just witnessed your talent. It's incredible. Um, But there is a difference between talent, something that you are good at, and something you want to do for money, something that you want to do for the rest of your life. For example, I really love photography. Not a lot of people know that about me because uh, I don't let a lot of my photographs see the light of day. I have a, a beautiful DSLR. I take some great photos. Tina's mad at me because I don't really post them around. And But that's something that I do for me. I've been paid to do photography before. I've mm-hmm. shot weddings. I've done headshots. I've done all those kind of things. Um, and, and, uh, and it's something that I love. But any time that I got paid for it, I hated it. Yep. yep. Photography was something else. What is it What is it for you about uh, about drawing, Dan?
1: So what's funny is that I've, I've been commissioned and I've been, like, people have been like, hey, I really want this and I want this drawn. Uh, and that's what I used to do in that AFA silent auction. Like, hey, I will draw whatever you want on a comic book cover or a poster or whatever. <laughs> and I would just sit and not want to do any of it. Uh, and I don't know what it is about that. And I think... If there's no financial tie to it part of me is like i don't there's no rush on it right i don't have to deliver that product my daughter has been waiting on her new piece that she also wrote me a letter mailed it to me commissioned. um <laughs> and so she has asked me to do that and i've been sitting on it uh, on and off for already i think two and a half three months um and so just trying to you know figure it out i don't know what it is about it i don't know if it's a because it's a passion project and you're just kind of like all right now i feel I don't know, creative and want to just like funnel it that way. The, but there are times where I will draw and I will all of a sudden look up and it's two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Cause I've yeah. just been in a zone just drawing that. So it's, you know, it's, it's good times. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's awesome, man. It's really cool. Cause it, I mean, it's, it's your escape mm-hmm. it's a place where, I mean, when you're drawing, when you're drawing, is it, is it a true escape for you? Or is it when you're drawing, you're able to think about like, you're, it's almost meditative where you are thinking about life. You are thinking about that. Or is it a true, like when I'm drawing, it's great. Cause I don't think about anything else. Which one I, I would say
1: I'm more like shut down. I put on, you know, some music and then that's it. That's my only space. Uh, if my mind does wander, I will end up just taking a break from the art and going to like write thoughts, but they're yeah. never like shower thoughts. I even have like a little post-it thing in my shower. That's like four shower thoughts. Um uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It's my more about what you
0: do when you shower. <laughs> I
1: think that's a different Facebook. Oh, sorry, okay,
0: sorry, okay, yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that's a different group, I think.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah. I get you clean. Have, get I clean.
0: You have shower you have shower thoughts though. That is true mm-hmm. I mean the shower is a place where uh the mind does tend to wander and, and we have some of our best ideas, but I love that you actually I didn't know that about you, that you went ahead so far as to throw a, a white border of sorts or or maybe on the tile you can actually just use a you can just write on that. the tile. Um but uh but either way, uh that's so smart. Um, it was
1: it was actually a conference giveaway, right? So it's not necessarily my idea. Someone else had the idea. Um and so it was a conference giveaway, came with a little pencil. The paper is, is almost like wax coated. Um but the little pencil says like never let a good idea go down the drain. And I'm all about some good, well-done puns. Mm. And so I was like, yes, I would like one, please. Thanks.
0: Yeah. That's shower puns, not douchey. Yep.
1: Uh, oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, here's the interesting thing, because you have this passion. You have something that you love, something that you're really good. It's a great escape. Um, mm-hmm. and You are unbelievably talented. Um, you are an incredible speaker. Um, Thank you. and, uh, and just, I consider it the this is cheesy, but again, we, we started the show, the show by talking about cheese, so you know how much I love it, but I consider it to be a gift to be in the audience with you, brother. Um, when you, when you were on that stage and, uh, it's just, it's really cool. I take notes. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's awesome, man. Um, but you're in an interesting place right now in your world. And you alluded to this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, that you're using this as an opportunity to try to figure out, uh, how are you going to, or that. or I don't know if you'd use the word reinvention. I don't know if you're using explore, but like you're Mm -hmm. at a place where you're like, hey, my career is, okay, it's fine. I love it, but I'm not necessarily getting goosebumps when I do it. I'm not necessarily like finding it. Uh, I know you've described yourself often and if hopefully that's okay that I use this, but as a, a kitchen sink speaker yeah. where like, if people want it with people want to program about anything, they're like, we got a guy who can figure that out. Um, and that's an incredible yeah. talent to be so versatile. Um, but you've talked about how it's like, yeah, but I care about stuff too. And so talk a little bit about what you're going through right now, man. Cause I think it's a really cool time and the way that you're using this time is really cool. I know you've, you've talked about finding a coach and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think some of it, uh, I still love what I right. Like I still love the topics that I have. Um, I just have a lot of them and really, uh, it took some tough love from another friend of ours. Um, ironically, a mental health speaker for him to be like, people look to me for the, for the mental health guy. I'm the mental health guy we don't know who the hell you are because you've got so many different topics. We've got so many different things that you cover. Um, uh, what's your deep dive. And that was a couple of years back. And I was like, well, don't be an ass about it. Um, (laughs) and especially for like being a mental health speaker, you messing with my mental health, (laughs) but he's not really He wasn't, wasn't wrong. Um, and then, uh, one of our other good friends, Saul, uh, he and I were talking at a conference before they were all canceled and, um, He was kind of like, so what, you know, like, what's your passion? What's your thing? What do you want to do? And I was like, I don't really know because I've, I think I've just been going, you know, in this of like, or I'm just, it's go to the next gig and get on a flight and wake up early in the morning. And then I got the kids and I'm going to be a good dad. And then I'm going to go do this. And so I've never been forced to stop And April. And and so I'm a sexual assault uh, awareness speaker as well. And April is usually a very busy month. And so, for them to lose all of April, um, for all of that engagement, and to help students rethink choices, I was like, "Well, this is a weird feeling." And that's I, like I alluded to it. I went into like a weird space of like depression and 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 feeling like, "Oh, what am I supposed to do? And is this where I'm supposed to go? And and yeah. do I need to get like a second, or secondary, third, fourth, whatever job?" Um, and I was having a conversation with a couple people, and it started to kind of bubble up of like, well, what, you know, what do you want to do and what is your passions? Because if we were to look at your different keynotes, there's kind of one common thread and that's relationships. And that kind of like, was that epiphany moment for me of, oh, snap. Like, yes, I believe in, you know, kind of like, I just saw Brendan's comment, like, you know, doing a deep dive. Yes. Like, so what does relationships look like? Right. And what does that mean? And not just relationship with a significant other, because I'm divorced. So obviously I should not give full, advice there mm-hmm. but what does it look like a relationship with friends family uh, you know maybe finding a significant other but then also relationship with yourself and I think for me I've started to look at kind of like the The Wizard of Oz this weird inspiration and okay we'll unpack this a little bit right but like the Wizard of Oz all of the characters that Dorothy meets along the way had what they were looking for inside them right? So like the lion, all he wanted was courage, but all he really needed was like that little bit of like the ribbon to be like, oh, I've got courage now, right? And so we all have it in us. And I think just conversations with with multiple different people or conversations with those who care about us bring that out. Um, and so I want to really kind of pivot into a lot of the, well, what does a deep dive look like for uh, relationships and, and defining who you are, what do you want, um, whether that's life, whether that's, you know, job or in jobs, right? I've had some uh, conversations with different people at companies being like, I don't I don't know why we're still here and I don't know if we as a company are going in the right direction. Great, let's figure all of that out. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I think um you know overall it's just I'm at the early stages of what it all looks like. Um and at least it's far too kind. Um <laughs> But I, I think trying to figure it all out is something that I'm, I'm nervously and anxiously excited about.
0: Yeah, I love that, brother. I think and, and, and I'm glad that Brent, and Brendan pointed it out as well, is that what is your deep dive is a really cool, interesting, uh, interesting question that most people Most people are on to the next one. Like this isn't work. So let me go here. This didn't work. So let me go on to this one. This is what I love about what you are doing right now is that you are not running from a career. You're not trying to get into something else. Like you're very much like, no, there's something about this, but it's just not quite exactly where I want it to be. And so let me do some exploration within where I'm at. Like so many people look outside so many people look outside, right? The, I mean, we could talk like the grass is greener type stuff, right? Um, and so, so many people look outside, um, but when it comes to your happiness, what are you, where are you finding that inside when, when it comes to what fills you and stuff like that? I, yeah, I love that, Dan. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, right. I think some of it, even over the last year, you and I very uh, almost in the same time frame launched our masculinity keynotes. Um, And I think the most powerful thing that both of us have seen, because we've watched each other at conferences, uh, is that men are are excited to have conversations with each other. We just don't know how to. Right. I mean, I was born and raised in North Carolina, Uh, even though you don't hear an accent. It comes out, you know, every now and then. But I think too often we're told a narrative and then we believe the narrative as opposed Mm -hmm. to to writing our own narrative. Sure. So uh, what I like to do is to have guys actually talk, right. And, and understand that there's more than a definition for masculinity. I think too, too often it's like masculinity or toxic masculinity. No, there's a lot of different types of masculinity, right? Like, um, Alex uh, and I had done a program before and it's like, all right, so, you know, what are some of the things? Well, it's you know, if you're not an alpha, then you're a beta male. I actually just think, I don't want to be either. I don't want to be an alpha male. I don't want to be a beta male. I, put me as a Delta, right? Like I want to be, I would rather be a Delta male that just stands for change. Right. I, I, and as that's cheesy as I can come wow, up with. right now. Wow. That was well done. Right. Brother. right. Hey to oh, land
0: the plane.
1: I think we're, we're done now. Right. Like, we're, we're great. great. I do. Um, <laughs> no, I think, but that's just part of it. Right. Like I'm tired of history and society telling us how we should be. And opposed to like, no, this is what I want to be. Right. And my, my kids are, you know, for for those that know me, I, I love my kids and I will post about my kids all day, every day um, because they're incredible. Right. Like my daughter does not fit the typical female mold. She is my sporty spice. Like she she gets all of her athletic talent from her mom. None from me. My son gets all of his athletic talent from me, meaning. He doesn't play sports. Right. And so I want them to feel comfortable with it, you know, and just to share a little bit about my, my son and how just great he is. Um, and this is also a testament to how great my ex-wife is, too, is that, you know, he was on uh, a Zoom call with some friends and he was just talking to his friends and he was like, you know what? Um, I think I, I don't think that I identify with just one gender. Right. He's eight, by the way. Right. He's kind of like, I don't know that I have a gender. I think I'm gender fluid. And his friends were like, oh, okay, well, tell us more. So he kind of said, like, you know, I don't feel like I have a lot of the, the the guy, like, the you know, the boy, boy traits, and I don't have any of the girl, girl traits, but I like things that are all the way in between. And his friends were like, okay. And then they just moved on the conversation. And so, you know, I think that there's just so much power in believing uh, and trusting who you are. And it's taken me the better part of almost 40 years to finally be like, oh, maybe I can listen to that Jiminy cricket. That's, that's been there for quite some time. Um, and just do a little bit more trusting in myself. And I think that's what I've been trying to unpack, you know, the last eight weeks, 40 years, 39 years, whatever. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Let's not get into that. (laughs) Dan, I love that. Uh, I love that you brought that up man. And, and thanks for telling that that beautiful story about your, your son as well. Uh, that's, that's so cool. And he's, I mean, he's the man <laughs> uh, for sure. Or, or he is who he he's, wants to identify as, he's, you know what he's I mean? The person. Um, yeah. He's the person. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's ironic that I messed that up right after cool. Everything's fine. Um, but, uh, but still, but still, I love that you are taking the, that you are having the courage to explore. Um, And so many people don't take the time. So many people just caught in the hamster wheel and just keep going and they don't know what's happening. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. And Mm -hmm. like life is happening. And then their head pops off the the pillow at 55 and they're a handful of years from retirement. And they're like, (laughs) I don't know if I've done anything that is truly fulfilling in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that you are asking yourself these questions now. Um, And you said something really insightful earlier, where you said that, you know, one thing I've been doing is talking to some of my friends of like, hey, I'm thinking about trying this or I'm thinking about trying that. And isn't it always the case that other people often see our greatness before we do? Other people often see our ideas, our potential, even before we do, because we're too busy taking ourselves out of the out of the game and comparing ourselves to everybody else's finishes, as mm-hmm. opposed to talking, as, as opposed to just comparing where everybody starts, uh, where everyone starts, uh, and so it leads us to stay stuck. But then when we talk to other individuals, they help to start to push us. They form that snowball mm-hmm. that we keep it moving. And I, uh, I so admire you for doing that, man, because you have Thanks. so much to give. Uh, and I'm so excited that you were able to come on the show today and, and no be a doubt. part of a third episode of diner talks with James. This is Dan fail. You all, I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. We're going to hang out here and do some questions. If you want to hang out for those questions, make sure you are checking it out. Uh, stay with us. If you're on the live broadcast right now, uh, if you're tuning in on the podcast, these questions will be available to you on uh, on my YouTube page. So make sure that you go there and you can hear the Q and a between Dan fail and I, but if you got to go take care Thank Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Diner Talks with James. It was so much fun getting to hang out with you and finish our milkshakes in that squeaky red leather booth. If you do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, that would be dope. And also, if you could leave a review on iTunes, well, (laughs) come on now, you're gonna make me blush. (laughs) Also, if you wanna be a part of the action, we record these live on YouTube Live every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to YouTube and type in James T. Robo and smash that red subscribe button so you know when we go live next. Also, While we're on the subject, I'm James T. Robo all over the internet. I post meaningful content on Instagram, witty content on Twitter. Let's get connected in some other places, folks. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about the guest tonight, please check out the show notes. My friends, until next time, keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Y'all take care.